Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Star Wars 7x7, episode 2157. Today, what I'm going to ask you to consider is quite possibly sacrilegious, but as I got to thinking about Darth Vader and his redemption in Return of the Jedi, I started to wonder, did he really redeem himself? And I'll explain. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, this follows on the heels of the conversation we've been having over the last few days about the rise of Skywalker and comparing it to Return of the Jedi. And one of the things we talked about was the thematic elements of both movies and how the overriding theme, overarching theme of Return of the Jedi is of redemption, whereas it's more about identity in the rise of Skywalker, even though redemption does play a role, it's a secondary theme as compared to identity. Anyway, as I was thinking about the theme of redemption and thinking about Vader redeeming himself, I got to wondering whether it's fair to say that he actually specifically redeemed himself. So on the one hand, yes, he absolutely did because he rescued his son from the Emperor, okay? So yes, there was an act of redemption. There was a decent, good not a dark side act, but a light side act that took place. I'm not denying that whatsoever. And I think what I'm getting at is the redemptive nature of this act is almost more of a side effect to what, you know, after having watched the scene over and over again and thinking about this, what I think might really have been going on in Darth Vader's head. So if you think back to that series of scenes in Return of the Jedi where he is having this showdown with Luke and says, you know, if you will not turn, then you'll face your destiny. Like, he is set to kill his son, and when he senses what's going on in Luke's mind and says, Sister, you have a twin sister! Now she's doomed too, and if you won't turn, then she will. Ha 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 ha! Right? So, he is still straight evil all the way through that point. Okay, so let's start there. That's the point at which Luke just loses his mind and batters Vader into submission, cuts off his hand because, you know, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, as it were. And at that point, do you think Vader is thinking to himself, oh, gee, this Luke kid is pretty okay, <laughs> right? Like, why would his opinion of Luke have suddenly changed in that moment? Why would he have suddenly, you know, cracked open the door of possibility to being nice to Luke. I would say, no, that hasn't happened. And yes, maybe it happens in a few moments later, but maybe not. Let's get to that. I want to take a quick sidebar though, because it's hard 37 years later for us to examine this in a pure fashion because there's been so much storytelling that's happened since then. For example, you could see Vader laying there battered down and think that 
he might be reflecting back to the events of Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan Kenobi just totally battered him down on Mustafar, right? So that would certainly not put Vader in a good mood, in a redemptive mood, if you will. And I've had Scorekeeper Declan tell me that he has watched explainer videos on YouTube, and this is something that I wasn't aware of, but it makes a sense, a kind of sense when you think about it, that the cybernetics that the Emperor bestowed upon Anakin in order to, you know, make him operational again for all intents and purposes, were not the most state-of-the-art cybernetics, that they were actually, you know, broken down defective, like not working very well cybernetics that would actually continue to cause Anakin pain, and that would basically continue to make his life miserable, feed his anger, feed his dark side rage, ultimately you know, just keep him in a state of mind, right? So the impulse to do something to the Emperor in this regard has nothing to do with Luke. It could be years of anger at Palpatine for the way that he's been treated. And speaking of that, and this is actually going to take us from digression back into the main thread of our discussion, is the notion of Palpatine always being ready to replace Darth Vader when the next good thing comes along. And yes, there has been storytelling that's expanded upon this notion in books and comics and so forth, so there is that to consider, but we already have this established in Empire and in Return of the Jedi, because Vader says, you know, the Emperor has seen that you can defeat him, so join me and we'll overthrow the Emperor and rule the galaxy as father and son. Vader is already sensing that there's a power struggle situation here, and he wants to come out on top as far as that goes. And when it's clear that he's not going to, and when the Emperor says after he's been beaten down by Luke in Return of the Jedi, he says, you know, fulfill your destiny and take your place, take your father's place at my side. Well, that's Vader again saying, all right, I'm being kicked to the curb and this Emperor guy really just has no love for me and grrr again. And if you think about the moments where the Emperor is zapping Luke with force lightning because Luke has rejected the Emperor's offer, Imagine what would have happened if the Emperor had actually killed Luke, if he had just, you know, done the job, put him out of his misery and whatever, and then it's back to the Emperor and Vader again. Do you think that Vader is in any kind of shape to be the apprentice to Emperor Palpatine at that point? It seems to me that that is not the case. He's already been bested by a kid who has had limited training in the Jedi arts and... Yeah, there's all sorts of other reasons why Palpatine might look at him and say, you know, you're all washed up, Vader. Now that I killed Luke, I'm gonna throw you down that shaft and be done with you because you ain't helping me anymore. And so here you have Vader having been beaten by his son, watching the Emperor destroy the only chance that Vader had to overthrow the Emperor and survive, and now, you know, that chance is going away, and once Luke is gone, what is the Emperor going to do to Vader? It can't be any good. It feels like that setup speaks more to the possibility that Vader is finally throwing off the mantle of his you know, deep and painful oppression. Like he's finally saying, I have had enough of this abuse. It's been going on for 23 years. I have had enough. 
and that he just loses his mind and in a vulnerable moment grabs the emperor and throws him down the shaft and is like, ugh, with my last dying act because obviously, you know, that's pretty much the end of him. He doesn't get zapped by the lightning for very long from Emperor Palpatine as you know, he's trying to throw him over the side. So I can't imagine that that lightning blast is the thing that ultimately did him in. I think he was already like on his way and that just kind of sped up the process a little bit. So ultimately what it led me to conclude and perhaps sacrilegiously is that Vader's final act is not so much redemption in terms of saving Luke, it's actually him saving himself, and it just so happens that there is a positive benefit to the galaxy, and so maybe it's not exactly the redemptive act that we initially think it is. And so now I'm going to go out even further on the limb and suggest that maybe, just maybe, upon reflection, George Lucas actually realized this himself. And the reason I say that is because when you watch The Empire Strikes Back in its original theatrical release, all you see is Vader looking back and forth and back and forth, and then he goes, whoop, and grabs Palpatine and throws him over the side, okay? So you have to kind of decide what might be going on in his mind. When you actually have Vader say, no, no, and then grab Palpatine, that changes the whole dynamic of the situation. Then it makes it seem like he is reacting specifically to Palpatine zapping Luke and that he doesn't want him to be zapping Luke any longer. So what does that mean for the previous version when he wasn't reacting like that? Does that mean that something else was going on? That maybe he was just kind of looking to see if Palpatine was fully absorbed in his task so that way he picked the right moment to grab him and throw him so that way he could you know, effectively do what he was trying to do, which is free himself from you know his abuser. I guess what I'm suggesting is that perhaps there was an ambiguity there about what Vader's actual purpose was and that Lucas decided to add the no in order to try to clear up that ambiguity and actually make it more of a selfless redemptive act as opposed to a selfish redemptive act. And so there you go. That's <laughs> what I've been thinking about as I've been thinking about Return of the Jedi and those final scenes with Luke and Vader and the Emperor. And if you've got something to say about it that's you know similar or different or more expansive, then by all means, let me know wherever you catch this episode on social media or at home base for the show at SW7x7.com. And that is what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> what we did talk about today. Thank you so much for joining me for the show, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.